Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. Uh, some old faces back on the show tonight. Uh, we've got Scotty Mike, who hasn't been on uh, this season so far. Man, who seems like he hasn't been on for, I don't know, uh, for, for, since uh, Britain left Europe, I think, probably. And uh, old man Trev. Um, yeah, we've got him here as well. Oh, well, you know. Mem, Mike, it's up to you guys to like hold the show up. You know what I mean? Because uh, Trev's not in a good mood. How are we doing, boys? I'll say hello to you first, Mem. How are you, mate? I'm okay, Ferg. Not too bad. Yeah, good Good to be back on. I have been watching you guys, catching glimpses now and again, but just been terribly busy of late, really. Really busy. Scunny, how are you? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on here. Saying that, it's been a while since I've been on any podcast. To be honest, I think I did my first one yesterday for so long. So uh, yeah, it's nice to get back into it. It is, but it's also nice having that little bit of time off as well, isn't it? I think I needed it. <laughs> yeah, there's only yeah. so many times you can take being negative and repeating yourself. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we might see something different this season. Yeah. Mm. Um, Trev, how are we, mate? Oh, I'm all right, Fergus. I've been in a bad mood all week because uh, I miss going to watch my beloved Arsenal on Saturday. Some people might think yeah. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because we lost and got beat 5-0, but I'm not. I'm saying it with all sincerity because I'm a proper Arsenal fan and I go to watch my football club between thick and thin. And uh, just before we go on, Fergus, it, we're going to talk about lots of things tonight and I'm not going to rant and I'm not going to rage. I'm going to stay level-headed. But what I will say, before, there's a few people watching now and what you said to me before, I'm just going to put something crystal clear before we start, Fergus. This podcast is run by a massive Arsenal fan and a very good personal friend of mine, Fergus. He has proper Arsenal fans as guests. We've got two proper Arsenal fans and myself tonight, Mem and Scunny, and not one of us make a penny out of this. We don't do it to make money. So if you're watching this show thinking that we're making money out of talking about the Arsenal, you're on the wrong podcast because this is a proper Arsenal podcast by proper fans. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk down about some players. But we're not going to get too heavy on them. We're upset. We're fed up. But we're more fed up with what goes on outside the football club at the moment. So you just need to know that, guys. Anyone watching, we don't make money. We're going to talk about the Arsenal because we love them. Uh, anyone thinks I'm making money, I'm pretty much living in my attic here. There's boxes behind me. If I was making money, they wouldn't <laughs> be there. And like I said, this is a wall here. This is the roof. So I'm, I'm in a made-up, like, Little, little tiny room. I'm definitely not making money to the There we go. There we go. Princess comes out to burst our bubble. Amanda, thank you very much. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having your loose change, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I saw uh, Amanda at uh, Man City. Cheers for buying us that pint and pie there. You know, it was it was much appreciated from you. I, I think we had to fit it in between the wine and cheese uh, course, didn't we, Amanda? I hope I hope it. Did, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, you know, and, and then and then that seven course meal afterwards, wasn't it, Fergus? It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, um, uh, thanks for that, uh, Trev. Yes, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. We do it. It's the four of us just sitting, having a having a beer, having a chat, talking about things uh, that have happened at the Man City game, and also uh, looking ahead to what's happened with the transfer. We are looking, reflecting back on the transfer window, and then we're going to have a week off. It, it, it's our hobby, and we enjoy it. Um, the reason the comment came out is on one of the Facebook groups where I shared. Um, 
the podcast for people to join. There was a comment made on there and uh, somebody was just a bit barbed by it. it. It did rile me a little bit. So we'll move on and not worry about it anymore. Listen, uh, Man City away was a 12.30 kickoff uh, all the way up in Manchester late on Friday evening. Um, I um, I got a, a ticket and I was delighted to have a ticket. Uh, drove all the way up there, uh, spoke with Scunny en route and we were so coordinated. We met in the same car park within about 30 seconds of each other and also Dave Hurl. Scotty, you brought your boy to his first uh, first game, didn't you? I did, and uh, I've been getting so much criticism for that for a while now. And a friend of mine, or well, a friend of this show, in fact, in Dan Potts, said uh, he's going to call Childline on me just for taking him to Man City away. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it was his first one. He wanted his great, you know, he mm. wanted probably the best place to go. But I had an opportunity to get two tickets, so I had to take it. So that's how it that's how it pans out. And listen, it's the perfect thing to, to say, no matter where, as, as Trev said, win, lose or draw, we, we support Arsenal through thick and thin. And I drove eight hours in the car, spoke to you in the car, spoke to Mem on the way up and on the way back. And, and Trev Trev was having a little bit of a strop because he was had to blow up balloons and make a, a balloon arch. And his wife was really laughing at him a lot and stuff like that. And I was laughing at his wife laughing at him. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but it is meeting up. It is seeing the lads. It is seeing Amanda. It is seeing, you know, we saw Dave Hurl. I saw Tony. There was loads that we, we bumped into and said hello to. And we are a family. And, and that's what it, it is about. We support them wherever we can, whether it's uh, from our sofas, or, or on a Facebook group, or uh, going to the games back and forth. Mem, what did you make of that lineup of the of the game? While Trev uh, <laughs> figures out how to mute his microphone, <laughs> what did you make of that lineup of the game? We had uh, Abamyang uh, and Odegaard, which seemed like positives, and then we had that yeah. back five, which. When I was talking to Scunny and Dave uh, in the um, uh, in the stadium, we looked at the lineup. And went, well, yeah, we've we've had the proper formation. We thought. What did you make of that? Mm. It was quite. I, I think it was quite a bold. I, I know you talk about it's five oh, at yeah. the three. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Um, I was just concerned about the three centre halves, really. Um, so it proved. And and after City got comfortable, we, we were light in midfield. We we were a man light in midfield for for, for the whole throughout most of the game. Um, but like with the personnel that he had available to him, that, that's what we went there with. It, it it was a hard, it was a really hard watch. Yeah, they started quite brightly. I was actually quite pleased with the first. I don't know, eight ten minutes, maybe a little bit more. No, it was a little bit longer than that. It, it, they, they started quite brightly. They, they looked quite positive. They were on the front foot. They were trying to do the right things. But City are just different level, completely different beast altogether. And as soon as they got a little bit comfortable, um, and 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 we made it so much easier for them as well. Uh, they they just looked. Uh, they just made us look like novices. I think it could have been worse. It could have. I, I felt it could have been worse at times. Uh, I couldn't watch mm. the entire game. I watched most of it. <laughs> But from the moment Xhaka got himself uh, 
an early bath. It, it, it was just such a hard watch. Really we, 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 we'll get into the Shaka thing and stuff a little bit later on. Trev, what did you make of the, the, the lineup and the formation? Did you think it was the best we had that was available to us? Uh, there was no Ben White because uh, he was still, I believe, isolating due to COVID. Uh, there's no Gabrielle. Um, uh, and uh, I, I didn't understand why uh, Lakonga and even a player I don't even rate wasn't even on the bench, Pepe. What did you make of it, Trev, the lineups? Yeah, it was, it was strange, Fergus. It was strange. I sat there with my smiley face on watching it on my computer at the, with about <laughs> four years old, <laughs> around my ankles. But um, when I saw the defence, I thought, ah, oh, I'm worried. I'm really worried now because you've got Chambers, Kalazanac, uh, who else? Holding and mm. Cedric playing as part of four of a back five, right? And I'm not going to call any of them because they're all half decent players. They're all, you know, they're, they're not rubbish, but when you're, they're not of, they're not top top draw, you know. And when you're playing against Manchester City, you can't go into a game with no top draw defenders at all. Tierney out on the left was isolated, and and the rest of them just they're good, but they're not they're not good enough to take on Man City. You can carry one or two of them. You can you can put defence in with holding, say, or with Chambers, you know, or with Cedric, but you can't put them all together because they're not. We're not going to be good enough, to, and it showed that we're not going to be good enough. That we were all right, as Mem said, for the first few minutes. And the first goal was a terrible defensive error. The second goal was another terrible defensive error. I thought, and then it for me it just became after the Jacques sending off, which I know we're going to move on to, so I won't dwell on it. It became unwatchable. It became it, we we were that poor. We, it became unwatchable, and and I was fuming and I was angry. I didn't go on social media and start ranting about it um, because I think that what people need to remember. I'm getting a step ahead here, Fergus, but I'll only be ten seconds. What people need to remember now is that this Arsenal position team in this position, they need a fan base behind them. They don't need a, a, a split fan base. They don't need an abusive fan base. They need a, a support. They need they need a whole fan base backing them. Whether you like it or whether you don't, if you're an Arsenal fan, you have got to support this team at the moment. Never has it been needed more, you know? So we were very poor, nowhere near good enough. We'll go on to Xhaka. I've got my views on that. Um I'm just down about it all, but I'm more down. I'm more down about the fans and the reaction, and we, we'll touch on that shortly. I'm sure, Fergus. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, just finishing up on the sort of lineup things and looking at some players individually before we go into uh, probably a couple of the goals and and, and more of the Shaka thing, and and then just the whole surrounding around the game and, and social media and so on as well. Um, Mike, uh, Kalasniak was played. Why? I thought we were trying to sell him. Uh, why wasn't Mary played over him? Uh, Kai asked that in the chat. Um, my answer to that one, ahead of what you'd say, is has, has Kai not seen Mary's last two performances? Um, Cedric, what's happened? He was reasonably good before. Um, people were saying Suarez looks better. He should have uh, a start ahead of Bellerin. Holding chambers and it all in all, like it was said in the chat, KT would be the only player that would really start this back four or five if a full squad was available. 
Um, he was made look poor because of the other. Well, I think in particular because of Klasniak. But what were your thoughts on on that? Because the midfield didn't exist. The forward line didn't get any service. Well, yeah, if we go into the defence and everything else, um, uh, I don't agree with what uh, Kai said about Mari. Like you said, you know, have you seen his last couple of games that he's played? He's been terrible. But you've also got the flip side of that. We had Tavares on the bench. You know, he played against West Brom, same as Klasniak. Why didn't he play and put Tierney in where Klasniak played, you know, on that left centre-back? I just don't understand that one because I thought Tavares at West Brom was brilliant. He's man <clears> of the match, Mike. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand why he didn't play. And Lukonga, who's in the last few games, okay, the last few games haven't been great, but Lukonga was a, um, has been one of the star pupils, to, per se, in their matches. So I just, I, I don't understand the lineup. I think, I think Arteta went for more experience or to try to put more experience into that back line. And un- undoubtedly, it did actually fail with having Kolasniak and Chambers and Holden. They just, they didn't know what to do with um, what's his name, Torres. Is it for Man City? Cedric couldn't do anything with him. He, he was he absolutely yeah he, he had him in his pocket, and that was the issue. With, I think that's what the issue with Cedric was. Is he, he just couldn't keep up with the with uh, with Torres. And then all be all when you start getting overrun in defence, this is what happens, and this is what City tend to do. Um, but you've also got to remember as well, City don't actually play with a centre forward at the minute. You know their their highest uh, highest players are usually the wingers, and then your centre forward is more as a number nine than he would be a number ten. So I I don't understand why we went with the three. I could I reckon we could have done better with a four. You know just for that reason, and maybe use the extra men in midfield. Like uh, oh well, there you go. Russell said the same there. You could have used that extra man in midfield and had a a holding midfielder. You know to help out the centre backs and then make it into a back five. But it's just the way it is, and it's just the way it's gone. And you know, city is city. There, there are far, far more levels up than what we are at the moment, and it just proved that point there. To- totally agree. Totally agree. I, I think. Look, listen. I think we both went into this game thinking, you know, I, I was even, even your young boy was saying I was deluded, thinking that we might nick a one nil, and that was just, you know, I, <laughs> I predicted it, and I went, yeah, I'll stick with it because. You know, it's a game of football, anything can happen. But in reality, we all thought we were going to get a spanking up there. We all thought we we're going to have a bloody hard game against Chelsea. Uh, we thought we would have a better result against Brentford. So with the three games taken into consideration, we would like to be in a position now to at least have one, two or three points. Um, the fact that we don't have three points, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but I think what people are worried about is the performances. And if you do look at that first goal as an example, and Mem, I'm going to come to you on this one because we talked about this on the car. When I saw it live, I thought that um, Chambers actually flicked it and um, onto, it was a uh, Silver's head. Um, but, or whoever the City player's head is. Uh, and that um, Leno flapped. But as you pointed yeah, you out, he's 5'11", six foot, and uh, he, he couldn't jump high enough to get to the ball. And there was nobody attacking. And, and, and Leno, I don't know. No. What, what did you think of he was, Leno? He was initially calling out the goalie. You initially suggested. I was. I think, I think Leno did get a hand to it, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And kind of like knocked it up into the goal as opposed to up and away. But yeah, you could argue that one. But for, uh, for me... Um, his, yeah, if you're the third centre back in a three, 
and you let that ball go over your head. It's only my opinion. I think that is unforgivable. And I wouldn't have him anywhere near my first team. I don't know for how many more games thereafter. I just think it's a terrible, terrible error by him. Okay? I really do. Um, yeah. I was just really, really, really upset by that error by him. I didn't expect him to miss it. When he went up for it, I just expected this is going to be... Uh, a, a standard clearance for you know for a great big you know center up well so-called center half but yeah i, I just that, that kind of like sums up our defending though guys doesn't it? it it's just really poor it's it lacks urgency um mari uh, we, why didn't he play I, I i think i don't think i've seen the guy put a tackle in this season yet and i think against man city we needed to put in some tackles um but they're all all the same uh, of the ones I've seen so far. Um, it's, it's just you know it's all just basic standard defending. Uh, there's nothing. There weren't nothing special about the ball that came across. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a ball fizzed and whipped across at pace. I just thought it was a ball that he just kind of arced in, and that for me is food and drink for a decent centre back. And, and 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 I feel that's where our problems lay at the moment. It's just. I can't put my finger on what, what, what the problem is. Coaching, lack of coaching, overcoaching, I don't know. But that, for me, was just basic defending. I don't know. No, I agree with... I agree with them there. It is just basic defending, you know. Chambers completely misread where that ball was going. And for a top-flight centre-back, or supposedly a top-flight centre-back, you need to be able to read where them crosses are going to be end up. And he just completely misread it. You know, he's, he's well under the ball when it comes over to Gundogan. Um, it, it's, it just made a total mess of things. But someone mentioned in the comments there as well about, uh, is it Matt Behan or Behan? Uh, sorry if I pronounced that or uh, didn't pronounce that properly. But he's right. Uh, no, a bit further up. Uh, he needs, you know, defending 101 is you need to stop crosses coming in. And that, that that's an issue that we where you know in that game especially we didn't stop any crosses coming in in that game. Yeah, no, we just stopped doing the basics. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and I think we were outplayed by a, a far superior team. That aside, though, uh, you know, twelve minutes in, I think it was, uh, we're uh, yeah, twelve minutes in, we're two nil down. Uh, Gundogan has scored the first one. Uh, Torres get his his first of his two goals that he gets that game, and then we get to, you know, the, the the thing that more or less finished the game. Any hope we had of getting back into that game uh, was the Granite Shack ascending off. Uh, so we've got. Um, I don't, I don't know if it came across on TV, but Mike, you 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 will have seen it. He was running around shouting and bellowing and running like a head, headless chicken just two or three minutes beforehand, right in front of the D. Um, I don't know if that was on TV. Then he runs over and he does this stupid rash tackle. Trev, what did you think of the tackle? Uh, a just red card? Um, and should he know better? The dog knows better. It's. Um, Can you hear him? Let, let's, yeah. just, <laughs> let's, let's just say that um, um, Jack never touched him. Jack never touched him. Never touched him. If he did, he just brushed him. But in today's game, Xhaka has played 160-odd games for the Arsenal, I believe. Fergus put me right. 
164, yeah. He knows he knows very well that in today's game, if you go in two-footed, the opposition player is going to dive in the air, fall like a drama queen, roll on the floor, and if your studs are up, you're going to get sent off, right? In the old days, that's never a red card. You know, never a red card. He's missed him. It's play on. But in a modern game, studs are showing. Whether he touches him or not, the ref's going to send you off for it because we all know the game's gone soft from that aspect. So, yeah, absolutely Jack is to blame because he knows. He should know better than to do that tackle. Whether he should have been sent off or whether he shouldn't have been sent off is irrelevant, really, because he was sent off and he should have known better than to do it in the first place. But since we've gone on to Xhaka now, it didn't surprise me at all him doing it because, you know, I don't think he's got the most brain cells in his head, has he? You know, he's not a clever... He thinks he's a lot better than he is. He's not the brightest bun on the planet. And then he gets sent off. And, you know, we don't we don't transition the ball very well from our back five to our forwards with Xhaka on the field. So with Xhaka off the field and a player missing, the transition has gone. So whatever little chance we've got of lightening the load on our... Sorry, boys, but our average defence, whatever little chance we've got of lightning the load on our, on our average defence is gone. So we're after Xhaka gets sent off, I stop watching. It's on in the background, but I'm not watching because I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry with Xhaka and I'm angry that we're going to lose this game 12 minutes in and I know, yeah? But I'll tell you what made me really, really angry, right, was that... There's 3,000 travelling fans gone to watch the Arsenal play. Arsenal fans, right? A lot of them fans pay thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to watch Arsenal week in, week out, right? They're not lightweight, they're not lightweight supporters. I was talking to a mate of mine this week. 48 years he's been had a season ticket at Arsenal. 48 years he's had a season ticket. And in that time... You can count less than 20 games he's missed. And that's overseas, at home, in Australia, in in uh, Asia, in America. Travels everywhere to watch it. Spent hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And then it pops up on social media. Arsenal fans are cheering Man City's fourth goal. How do you think those fans felt when they read that lie? Mike, you were there. Fergus, you were there. And as one of these fans that spends thousands and thousands of pounds, I couldn't make it for that one game. I thank you very much for your support, boys, and putting that social media comment firmly in its place. And then when that comment was met with some excuses for putting that comment, that was put firmly in its place. So going to uh, Xhaka getting sent off, game being over after 12 minutes, hardly worth watching. I was fuming with that. Bowls more fuming at the fact that so-called Arsenal fans abused, abused our travelling support in that manner. It was disgraceful. We get derided enough by people on the TV. Danny Mills is always at it. Gary Neville is always at it. You know, half of the people on Sky are always at it, deriding the Arsenal. Now, if you're going to go and join that party and call yourself an Arsenal fan, and go and join that party and deride the Arsenal, 
you need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. Because if we're a proper fan base, we need to stand firm and united against that division we get on Sky. We need to let it unite a fan base. So if you want to join that, that Sky or, or Danny Mills or Gary Neville or all those others that are on, on the back of the Arsenal all the time, you go and join them. You go and join them. Do it. But don't come back to me and start saying we're an Arsenal fan because you're not. Arsenal fans need to be united behind our club right now because it's never been needed more. Arteta's done my head in. He's driven me a distraction. I can't work him out. The back four is we're just not good enough. Our forwards haven't scored a proper goal in weeks. But I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. And you won't change that. You won't change that. I'll still be there. My tickets are booked for Burnley. I'll be at Norwich. I'll be at every game the rest of this season. And I will never, ever, ever join that party of, of, of deriding the Arsenal. Because I'm a fan. Think, people. Think. Think. <laughs> Take a bow. Well you can wrap it out there, mate, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm fuming. Trev, the, the, We're not the, worthy, the, Trev. We're not worthy. The, the, the tweet that you mentioned is from AFTV. Uh, I will add that AFTV aren't the only outlet that uh, did report that uh, Arsenal fans are celebrating <clears> the fourth <throat> goal from Man City. Um, I was there. I definitely know that there was uh, a lot of singing and a lot of cheering and jeering coming from the Arsenal fans. But it wasn't cheering uh, uh, Man City. It wasn't jeering the Arsenal team. It was getting behind uh, the Arsenal team. Um, it was singing the Emil Smith-Rowe song and the Saka song. Mike, uh, you taking your boy out at half-time, uh, and <laughs> the game was that awful, uh, and the atmosphere was so good in by the stadium bar, which was all spilling oh, out onto the... The, 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 the concourse was rocking me. Absolutely rocking. Uh, we, I just went to take my lad to get a drink and that concourse was rocking from as soon as I went in. I think I went in about four or five minutes after halftime and then it was just going on and on. The singing just kept on going and then, you know, just I think about five, six, maybe seven minutes before it sort of kicked off early. Uh, we kicked off after halftime. It, it was just the Smith Rowe song. Uh, Stacker and Smith Rowe song from then onwards, and it just didn't stop. As you know, Fergus, you was there. It just didn't stop. It was started in the concourse. It moved out onto the terrace. It, it was just non-stop. It was going on and on and on, and it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I, I, I couldn't get enough of it. And my lad, he's, like I say, for his first game, he loved it. He thought it was great. Because, uh, you know, the away fans, as, as we all know, away fans... You get more of you get more of a impact from the songs, don't you? Because it is it is only a smaller crowd than what you would get at the Emirates. Yeah, it's concentrated. So it, you know, but the singing singing was non-stop from the start start till till finish, as far as I'm aware. And the reason why I can vouch for that that didn't happen from you know from the likes of AFTV and BT Sports is I'm actually in that picture. <laughs> so I can tell you straight up, I am actually I am somewhere in that picture. And it was yeah, brilliant. I think we both are. I'm, I'm, I'm a few rows behind you. I think. Uh, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, but I know I'm definitely there because I spotted myself. Um, yeah, if I, you look, I, 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 if you look in the middle on the, I think it'll be left hand side, right hand. Uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, so if yeah, you go where the scoreline is, 
yeah, if you go where the scar line yeah. is, uh, go for the middle of that head down, and you'll see a few people in yellow shirts, the uh, first lot, and then move across, you'll see my arsy face because it's just gone 4 0. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, to be honest, um, I didn't stay much longer after that uh, because I had enough. I, I've only walked out of two games uh, ever. Um, um, and that was both against Man City. One was the League Cup final in Wembley, where uh, we were dire. Uh, and and that particular game, I don't feel proud about it, but I just couldn't watch anymore. And uh, honestly, when you get four hour drive, the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a lot of um, uh, traffic trying to get out of the car park. I didn't stay over, so it's not even like you can just go and get absolutely obliterated in the bar and then not worry about it and just have a good old party to drown your sor sorrows. Fergus, um, yeah, Fergus, can, just before we move on from that tweet, right? Don't put it up again. I don't want to see it again. Don't want to no. see it again. But you know. They are invited. They are entitled to their opinion. They are entitled to say what they think. But what was really annoying is, firstly, is that when it was pointed out that there was an error there, there was a mistake there, I started getting excuses. Actually, there was some insults thrown because it was pointed out that that was a blatant lie. Now, you should just stand up and say, take it on the chin. I've done it on here many times. You know, but no, there was excuses and it's, you know, it, it was it was unacceptable. But we've got to move on from it because we can't keep talking about that because the Arsenal fan base has got to be united now. We've got to be united now. You know, we're going to, I'm going to Burnley, going to have a good day out and I'm going to watch my football club and I'm going to cheer until I can't talk. And, and we're going to move forward and we're going to get better because we've been bad before. I was only looking just now, I think it was 1976. Only five years after we've done the double, we finished 17th in the league, you know. Just escape really. It's happened before. And I feel for these youngsters in a way because they're spoiled with success from the past. But uh, it will come good again. But are, are any any proper Arsenal fans will be like me. Be gutted, be angry, be wild, but be behind this team. Every single player. Every single player I'm behind when they walk on that field. And I will be every week. Hey, I'll tell you what though. We are in trouble in one way. We are in trouble in one way, right? Because Burgess still hasn't bought me a beer this season. <laughs> well, my beloved well, friend. If, if you don't recall, Brentford away at that pub, I did. I don't know you didn't. Yes, I did. Listen, before we get into that, I just want to go through... Um, oh, the subject. It's changing the subject. It's changing I'm, I'm, I'm the, changing subject. the subject. We, we can talk about it because we're talking about Norwich at some point when you've got to buy me a beer. At 19% possession, one shot and only uh, and zero on target. The question is not anymore about that game itself, but where are the goals coming from then? Where yeah, are the goals right. coming from? Fergus, just, you're right. I'm going to cut. Let me cut him, man. I'm sorry. Let me cut him, Fergus, because you put the nail on the head, right? Because what I just said about the transition, there's no transition. There's no. The first thought from our midfield at the moment is to pass the ball sideways or back. It has been for a long time, you know. Uh, even when there's space in front of them, they're going to pass it sideways or back, one man in particular. So hopefully that will change soon because this little Congo looks really good. Tavares, as Mike said earlier, oh, well, what a game. I know it was only West Brom. What a game Tavares had. Uh, uh, he, he, he looked to go forward and he looked for space and he looked to move and uh, he made Pepe look ordinary, if I'm honest. But talking about goals, I'm interested to get Mem and Mike's view here. 
and I mentioned it the other night on the podcast, Fergus. Under Emery's reign, the first two games of his first season were Man City at home and Chelsea away. And we lost both of those games. But for both of those games, I can remember thinking, on another day, we, 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 we get something out of those games. We weren't that bad. We created some chances. We moved the ball well and we got a bit unlucky. Man City were a better side, so if we'd have had a bit of luck, we might have nicked a draw. Chelsea beat us 3-2, I think it was, off the top of my head, and we should have beaten. We should have beaten. Mm -hmm. So you come away from Emery's first two losses of that season thinking, yeah, ain't brilliant, but, you know, I can see signs. What really worries me this season, and this is where I want to put it over to Mem and Scunny, is that we've played Man City, we've played Chelsea, we've played Brentford, and I've not sort thought for a second that we're going to win them games. We've not created hardly anything, nothing. I've got nothing in my head giving me this positive thought that on a different day we might have done something differently. There's just nothing there, and it is very worrying. What's your mem, Scully? Either of you, what's your thoughts, boys? Xhaka, yeah, we were talking about Xhaka. I've been waiting quietly to say something about Xhaka. Um, I get what you say, Trev, about supporting every single player when they cross the line and they go and support, uh, go and play for our team. I get that completely. I really, really do. Um, but somebody made a, I think it was Terry, made a a, a post about. He just keeps making the same mistakes year in, year out. You know what how, you're going to get from that, him. My how is that going to point take us is, forward? As long as, mate, for as long as the guy's in the team, I can't see anything moving forward. I think he's that bad an influence on everybody around him. I really do. I really do. No, so, my so God, what you say? No, I do not agree that... Go on, go on, Trev. I go can't on. wait to see... I, 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 I just... He's got COVID now, I think someone posted, yes. Yeah, so hopefully he'll be out for a period of time. I agree with Mike made some really great points about young Lukonga. Um, he just looks assured. He's only played a game and a half, two games, or a handful of games. Um, Tavares, yeah, uh, excited about... I'm excited about any Portuguese or Belgium signing, yeah? I've got a theory on this, just I'll share with you. For the last 10 or 15 years, I've seen both international teams... They've always had good quality players, right? But I've seen both international teams just rise up and the quality of their player because the belief in their mentality is fantastic, yeah? Their physical attributes, their skill, their technical abilities, the Portuguese and the Belgian players I'm talking about, yeah, are fantastic, guys. And I think as a club, we've missed a massive trick because this is the first Portuguese, the side of Suarez, who's basically a little bit of a cast-off, <laughs> Um, uh, these are the first two young players that we've gone and invested money in that I, I, I feel in a year, 18 months, two years maybe, could be real, real quality. Uh, and I've only seen, you know, only seen snippets of them too. Sorry, what did you say? What did you ask me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, just that I'm... Just how, how, I, how, how, do we, how do we progress and take this forward? Not, if you look not at... Pick like, granite. Yeah, okay. We, we, not you know, pick Granite ever, ever again. Not pick him. Fergus, you, you know me. You know I don't like going in heavy on players. You know I don't. And I'm Done. not going to swear and rant about him. But Granite Xhaka is, 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 is not very good on the field. And he's not very good off the field. He's, he's like, if, if I, if, 
if any of most other players, if they'd have done that that he did against Man City, they'd have been on social media. A real man, a real man, not one of these that walks around with his head in the air and thinks he's thinks he's the bee's knees. A real man would have gone on his social media site and apologised to the Arsenal fans that travelled to Manchester City to watch their team. He would apologise for his actions. He would have said that he had a rush of blood. He would have said that he was silly. He would have said, let's move on and get stuck into the next game. Unless I've missed it, I've not heard a word from him. All I've seen on his social media was his smug nose in the but air. Trev, even if he had done all of those things, I'm done with him. Because guess what? Yeah. In a couple of months' time or so, he'll be he'll do he'll make the same stupid error again. Okay? And aside yeah. of that aside of that, mate, he's, <coughs> I'm just I'm just so done with him. I really am. I, can't, I um, hope and I pray that right, one of the young I, I, I'm, I'm one who can, can go on about Jacker for a long time. I'm one who could probably yeah. go on about Xhaka, but I'm not. I'll get back to where we were and where the goals are coming from, Fergus, because uh, even I don't Please. want to talk about Xhaka anymore. Oh, yeah, I forgot um, that. And I just I can't be bothered with him. And everybody who, who knows me, who's watched my the show, who's ever seen me on here before, knows how much I don't particularly like Xhaka. Yeah, He's not one of my favourite players. But anyway, but anyway um, we've got to think about it from even from last season. We want scoring goals, you know, and... This is the issue that I'm finding with Arsenal at the minute. Nobody knows where the goals are coming from because we have got a striker in. We've got two. We've got a, a really good striker in Aubameyang still, and he's just not scoring goals. And he's not getting the service he needs. Or if the service does come to him, it's crosses into the box. He's not. He's not a header of a ball. He's. He's not known for scoring headers. So I just don't understand why we're crossing into the box. So a lot of it is down to the tactics now. This is the issue that I'm finding at the minute, and not to go too far into it and to not even go into the new signings as well, but I just, you know, we've got to look at the new signings as well at some point, and I'm sure Fergus wants to do that later, so I'll mention it then as well. It's, I just don't see where the goals are coming from. I honestly just don't know where they're going to come from. With, with that, that was with a flash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think there's goals in the team, yeah. Given given a proper midfield base. This is this is my this the point that the reason I've got such an issue with the guy is exactly what you guys are saying. Yeah. He's everything he's everything the negative of everything we've asking for. Yeah. You know, to win the ball, to play the ball quickly, to feed the forwards out wide, to just give simple quick passes. Uh, you know, hopefully Thomas Partey can and, stay fit this season. Well, you got Partey and you got Lakonga as well. And Lakonga, from the little bits we've seen of him, does fit. seem a little bit more positive. Um, I did put up on the screen there while Mike was talking. Sorry, I'm just lining up the the signings that we brought in. We've brought in Ben White for fifty million from Brighton. We brought in Nuno Tavares from Benfica for eight million. Lakonga from Anderlecht for fifteen million. Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield United twenty four million. Odegaard from Real Madrid, 30 million. And yeah, the uh, Tommy, as I'm going to call him from well, Bologna, at 17.2. Spit it out, Tommy Yasu. Tommy Yasu. Tommy Yasu. It's quite an easy one, Fergus, to be fair. It is. Yeah, Tommy Yasu. Jesus Christ. I love, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> no, we, we, we spent £144.2 million, not the rumoured £250 million pounds, uh, that we were meant to be spending and the £150 million pounds net spend that people talk about. Um, 
are you pleased with how we've spent that money, Trev? Do you look at the likes of Chelsea and City who spent 100 million and 99 million on one player and they will have more impact probably than our six players that we brought in, Trev? Well, do you know what, Fergus? It's a good point, mate, because I'm not sure. But what I can say is that I saw I saw our mate uh, Gary Neville on the telly today spouting on about he can't work out what Arsenal's strategy is with our signings. Well, to be if you can't work out what the strategy is with the signings, Gary Neville, you shouldn't be on telly, son. You shouldn't be on telly because it's it's really clear. It's crystal clear what the strategy is. We're going young. They're buying young. You know, they're taking the age level of the squad right down. And um, in my mind, and this is only my thought, in my mind, I'm thinking, have they actually written this season off already? I'm actually thinking we're buying these youngsters, develop them this season, have an average season, and then the start of next season, we go and we go big with young players that have got experience in the Premier League. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. But it's clearly a strategy that we are going younger. We are buying younger players. And who knows if it'll work or not. You know, we're playing a dangerous game, I think. I think we're playing a very dangerous game. And I am confused with Arteta. And, and I am upset with some of Arteta's picks. But I'm not going to wish the man harm. I'm just going to say that at the start of his reign, I said, for me, he's got till this Christmas. You know, so for me, he's still got till this Christmas. We've now... We can't knock the owners for spending money. I've got a gripe with the owners, but it's not about spending money. Whether it's their money or whose money is, we've spent it. You know, we've had it and we've spent it. And we've bought in half a dozen... Is it half a dozen players, this transfer window, Fergus? Yep, yep. We've bought in half a dozen players, which is what we all wanted. A lot of them I've never heard of, but we've bought them in. Trust, you know, we, we see what happens. And so, so Arteta has got his way. He's obviously had a choice in who we bring in. So now it's down to him to use them properly. And if by Christmas he's not using them properly, then I think then we have to think about where the club should go from there. You know, I'm losing my voice here, boys. I'm you going you are, and you weren't even at the game. I don't know what you've been doing. Like You've been out in the cold air and up in Lincolnshire, maybe. Um, well, you're just having a more waffle day. Dummy head in chairs. Chat to your wife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we got rid of Willian, yeah. Ranyaris, and Terreira, Guendouzi. Some of these on loan, some with the terminated contracts. Harry Clark on a loan, Hector Bellerin on a loan, uh, Willock we saw for 25 million, uh, a young lad uh, to Brentford for 7 million, Ben Sheaf uh, to Coventry, and Bowler to Rotherham. Um, you know, the net spend is probably about, I think, 113 million. Uh, what uh, what we've done, Mike, has it improved our first 11? Uh, this is the issue that I was thinking now, and, and I know Trevor was just saying a minute ago, is, uh, you know, you can see the direction where they're going. Yeah, you can see the direction in which they're taking, which is buying youngsters, which is good. Um, but it's, it's a direction that's going to probably happen in the next two to three years. You know, not the immediate direction that we need to be. Um, you know, we finished eighth now in two consecutive seasons, and now at the moment in time we're sitting at the bottom of the prem and i just that's the thing i don't get for me at the minute is is like yes the signings okay i'm the same as trev i'm not overwhelmed i'm not underwhelmed by the signings i'm at i'm at that point where i'm thinking yeah they're all right some of them look good you know i've been impressed you know i didn't know who tavares was but i was pretty impressed with him at west brom didn't have a clue who the congo was when he first came in is i played a couple of matches yeah it's, it looks pretty good 
And then we see one game with Ben White, he was pretty poor in it, and then he's been off with COVID. And Ramsdale was pretty decent at West Brom as well. So, yeah, you can you can get to the point where you think, yeah, they're all right. You know, they're not bad signings. I'm not going to say it's probably the worst signings we've ever made in our entire lives because I've been around when we only signed Peter Cech for one season. You know, and that was that was an awful bloody transfer window, that was. So, I'm not going to diss the signings whatsoever. I just... I do feel we've made we haven't made improvements into the first eleven. We could have done with another centre mid. You know, we, we had options to buy centre mids. You know, there was plenty of them kicking about. And uh, if you look at um, Oar, for instance, you know, we was heavily linked with him last. Is it January and last tra- summer transfer? Last summer window. and January, yeah, yeah. We was heavily linked with him, and then he's he's been caught. He's been his price has been cut and cut and cut. And then there was an option, you know, we, we could have had him on loan and bought him for next season, you know, alone with an obligation to buy. So I just don't understand why we probably didn't do that. That's, I think that's the issue for me is we haven't really improved the first 11, which I th- feel we did need to. Mem, who who would you have as yeah, your first eleven? Clearly, you wouldn't have Shaka in that side. So uh, can, I'd have, I'm, I'm hoping, Mike, Mike's made a really good point about improving the... <laughs> It's not. It, it it doesn't seem on the face of it. It's an instant improvement. Yeah, uh, on the first team. Um, I'm hoping. I don't know anything about uh, Takahiro. Um, I know he plays in Italy, uh, and I know they defend well over there. And he wouldn't survive for very long if he couldn't defend very well over there. So, I believe he'll be an upgrade on Hector. I, I don't think he needs to try that hard. I'm afraid to say to to be an upgrade on Hector Bellerin. Um, KT picks himself. I, I think. I think um, Bukayo Saka and KT are the only two players that you can say are just dead certs for the first team, yeah? KT one side, Ben White, and for me, Gabriel is the only centre-half we've got at the club that wants, that is committed and wants to win the ball, yeah? Mari doesn't want to put a tackle in, guys. Holding has looked shocking at times this season. Um, Ben White is a footballing, they, you know, this is a footballing centre-half thing, but they, he's been compared to John Stones. But I'm hoping he can defend a bit as well, yeah? Um, yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel's my favourite centre-half, so I'd have him. But that's my back. That's my first pick back four that we've current personnel at the club. Mm. And I'd go with Ramsdale in goal as well. Do you know what, Ferg? It's really interesting what Mem says there. It's really interesting. Because, Mike, you were at the West Brom game, so I've said it before, we're, we're no better or bigger fans because we go to games. But we, when you're at the match, you do see a bigger picture. Your peripheral vision is much better, yeah? And at the West Brom game, I thought Nunes was absolutely terrific. I really thought he, he played exceptionally well. So if Nunes pushes for a first-team place... How does he fit Tierney and Nunes in the same side? How does that happen? It would have to be a back five with Tierney being left yeah. centre back. Yeah. It's, well, then you're yeah. pushing other people out as well. So this is that's that's the other thing as well. That's the other side of the direction. I don't see where we're going. You know, we have bought these players and stuff, but it's nice to have a backup left back. Don't get me wrong. We definitely we hundred percent needed one. You know, we've got Kalasnyak, and we all know he's not playing other positions. He can play in other positions as well, but as he said in the chat, we needed a target man. We needed it. We needed somebody yeah. up, up, up top for what oh, you said oh, earlier, oh, um, oh, and, and we've mentioned before. Yeah, of course we do, because we you've got oh, Tierney. Do we need? Do we need someone that's going to feed our target man from midfield? Just, just playing devil's advocate. 
Like, you know, no, 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 and, and and that's fine. You would have thought that that was Odegaard and ESR. Uh, that would be the, the the feed from there. But if you're looking at the way, if we do go five at the back, you talk, are, you've got Saka and, oh, and, and Tierney on one wing. You've got you've got um, different people on, on on different wings putting balls in left, right, and centre. Is you know, Abamyang has scored five goals in his career by by his head. You, 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 we definitely yeah, need crosses to. Crosses don't need to be scored. Crosses don't. No, no. Need but, to... but what I was about, I was about to say that's why I would have liked to see somebody like Calvert Lewin coming in because he can get on the end of a oh. ball, be it on the ground or on his head. Listen, listen. They're not going to let him listen, go. Right? No chance. Listen, I'm not going to dwell on it because I don't want to start mem off again, right? I'm not going to dwell oh. on it, but it does need to be said that. We have a midfielder <laughs> that drops deep and demands the ball from the goalkeeper. Aggressively demands the ball from the goalkeeper. Aggressively demands it. And nine times out of ten when he's given it, he does nothing with it, right? So your forwards ain't going to play well in that situation. Uh, Smith Rowe, Saka and Odegaard ain't going to play well in that situation. You stop making the runs, Trev, don't you? Because you know the ball's not coming faith. quick enough. You lose faith. You lose faith. But, you know, having said that, right, it's... Uh, and, and someone's... It's worth, also worth mentioning. Um, Loki, 73, right? Um, I just see he put a comment up about Ray Arford. Jesus, he's as old as me. But it was at, Loki was at West Brom, Fergus, he says, uh, and Ramsdale looked decent. Do you know what indeed he did? His, his distribution, his one ball in particular, that he... Yeah. The midfield dropped deep, right? And normally, they'd have given it to Xhaka in that position for him to pass it back or sideways and invite the press. Because when Xhaka does that, when Xhaka gets the ball near the area and passes it back and sideways, all you're doing is invite the press, right? And that is where we're falling down. Whereas Ramsdale looked up and he saw a space between our two deeper midfielders and he put it up towards the halfway line, straight down the field. I can't remember who we give it to now. And immediately, in that one or two seconds, we looked a bit a different side. We it turned was Odegaard. Robert Lukonga. It was that Odegaard. Odegaard, yeah. It was Odegaard at West Brom, yeah. And what happened in that game? What happened in that game at West Brom, where we've got a goalkeeper that's moving the ball forward a bit quicker, maybe bypassing our our, our defensive midfielders at times, looking for space behind them, keeping the press off us. What happened in that game? Aubameyang scored that trick. Mm. You know, I think. Mm. Yeah, I do. Well, I do sort of agree with that. I, I do feel we need. I do. I do feel that we needed to replace maybe a striker because you got to think of it as well. Lacazette's on his last year now, yeah, so I do yeah. feel we probably should have maybe, you know, moved Lacazette on if he wasn't going to sign a new contract and you know brought in a replacement. So I do feel that should have been done. But I, I suppose that's a story, uh, you know, a story for another time or something. But you know, Trev's absolutely is correct there as well. You know, um, Ramsdale did was really good with his distribu uh, distribution at West Brom, but that's you know, it's it, like, I'm just hoping he can replicate that in the league as well. And I hope he does get his chances because uh, you know he, he does deserve them in some respect. If his dis distribution, I can't even speak now. Um, it's going to be like that. Then yeah, we we could do with that. And it's right we haven't we haven't got that target man up front, so we've got to utilize. The likes of Aubameyang to get it to his feet. The issue is now is, again, like Trev says, we've got them deep midfielders who don't who, who tend to pass sideways and backwards. Don't look for that run going forwards. And 
you know, you was there at Man City, Trev, at Fergus, and Trev was at West Brom. We saw many a times you could see the likes of Saka making the run. You saw the likes of Aubameyang making the run. And then passes just was not going to him. They didn't even try to get those passes well, to one, him. One that sticks out in particular for me is Odegaard passes Cedric. And he wanted the ball played through to him, like on a one-two. And yeah. Cedric put the ball out. And Odegaard went absolutely nuts at him. I don't yeah. know again if that was shown on TV. But it, it, it is an example. Look, I, th I think we've got uh, still plenty of issues with the squad. I think some of the signings we have made are let's call them experimental to a certain degree. Uh, but remember, I think a big exercise of this one was clear out some of the Deadwood. You mentioned Lacazette, not necessarily Deadwood, but the people on tail end of contracts that you're going to struggle to get out because they're on legacy contracts, legacy salaries on huge money. And that's been half the issue moving uh, Eddie and Ketia on, uh, moving Lacazette on, moving all these players on. There is Ferg, the, I've heard the that's not just a problem for us either, though. I've heard that. No, it's not. Had... Yeah. So I'm not laughing yeah, at no, you, boys. Not. I'm just laughing at C. Osborne's comment there. That's funny. I'm not laughing at you, boys. That's funny. What's that, that one then? Which one? At the bottom, the, the latest comment, Fergus. The latest one. I'm yeah, just commenting. That. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm up for that. I think he's been uh, a no, decent. really. I'd, yeah, really, really. So, honestly, Ferg, I, I'd be, listen, there's, there, there's one other one other one I want to talk about. Go on, Mems, make it make make your point. I think he's been a really decent. I think it's been a promising uh, transfer window for all the reasons that you guys have mentioned. Um, only thing is, I think we need to do the same thing again, but better for the next two or three transfer windows, guys. That's what I think it's going to need. Yeah, but it's, it's, will 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 the fan base will will the the owners as will, long as we see some know, improvement this season in a playing style and uh, you know a little, I don't know a little bit of a cavalier I don't know man we just need to see some attacking football we need to see our team going out there and, and doing what they did against West Brom in the Premier League and then I think a few of the fans will be a little bit happy you know but I let's think see. what we need to do let's is get, what we need to do is get Treb's speech uh, about twelve minutes yeah. into this. And play it in the dressing rooms, and play it on every social media channel. Going, you need to. to you should send that to AFTV. What... You said, yeah, send it to AFTV. You should that. You yeah. see, that, listen. The thing is, put that guys, on your pipe, lads. The thing is, boys. I, you know, I, I didn't even plan that. I was upset and fed up, and that was that was just come that just come out. So I don't need any. I don't want any plaudits for it. It's just an Arsenal fan speaking. We all feel the same, you know. We'll feel the same. I, I just blurted it out and that was it, you know. And I just feel for Arsenal fans. No, 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 but Trev, do we all feel the same? You said we all feel the all same, fans, but do we? Because based based on what you guys have been going on about the social element, which I have nothing to do with, as you know, right? Um, not everybody does feel the same, Trev, do they? Uh, so maybe fans do. Proper Arsenal. Maybe you're off I, the I, cuff. Twelve minute no, rant I, should should make it should be aired somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I I, I I I think all Arsenal fans probably feel the same. They just have different ways of of projecting that, and they are different generations as well, uh, and different opinions. There's a huge sway of opinion with regards to um, 
social media sites, with regards to the manager, with regards to the owners, with regards to... But what the fans need to do is is unite, get behind the team and focus on one thing. For people to be singing for a, a, a social media channel, channel to get out of our club, uh, they're the least of our problems. They're the least of our problems. You know, yes, I don't agree with some of the stuff to do, but, you know... Guys, if you if you're if you're spending, I think it was somebody in the chat was saying they spent eight thousand two hundred pounds uh, traveling to see uh, Arsenal over a number of years. Um, well, if you're spending eight and a half grand, you're worried about social media channels. I, I think you got to worry more about um, the companies and, and, and the way our club is being run internally uh, by recruitment, by uh, the accountants, etc. The last one I wanted to talk about. Was Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles used social media um, and he pushed for a move. Trev, what did you feel about Maitland Niles? Uh, I just want to be played. I just want to be loved, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, and I just want to be somewhere where I wanted and somewhere I can play. There's a, there's a group of young players, isn't there? You've got Nelson, Willock, Maitland Niles. They all sort of came through together. And Ketty was slightly later. Well, I just think that. They've all had they all had their chances to play for the Arsenal and they were all okay, but they never really shone, did they? Of all of them, I thought that Maitland Niles was the one that was gonna be the, the lad to make it. I feel for a bit for Maitland Niles because he's been moved from pillar to post. He's played in almost every position on the field for the Arsenal. And he never complained in all that time, you know. And um He's probably now getting that little bit older and he's starting to think, hang on a minute, I've been over backwards for this club. I played left back, I played left midfield, I played centre midfield, I played right back. I played anywhere they wanted me to play and I did my hardest. And now I'm struggling. So he's probably just speaking his mind and I think if anyone's got a right to say things, he has. He's not been derogatory. He's, he's asked for a move away, you know, and uh, he's got a right to do that. And I've got a lot of time for Ainsley Maitland-Niles as a young fellow, you know. He's, he's, he's tried his best, I think. And uh, if he wants to move away, then he'll, he, and he does go, he'll go with my best wishes. And Darren, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Absolutely. I mean, Darren, men will agree with you as well. Shaka uh, to be dropped for AMN, uh, AMN in, in the midfield. Um. Guys, uh, it's been really good. Next fixtures coming up are Norwich. Uh, Can I just say a quick thing about AMN, quick? Yeah, 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 please. And, uh, what I was going to say was, is um, although I do sympathise with Maitland Niles, I just don't agree with some respect how he's gone about it, you know, taking to Instagram. If I did that in my job, you know, I'd be pulled into the office, which I feel he probably wanted anyway. He's, he's gone to yeah, Instagram... Anyway. Yeah, he's gone to Instagram. He's obviously he's not being heard in the in the club. He's not being heard in the dressing room. You know, he's not getting the time of day. Uh, so he's had to feel like he's had to take him to Instagram. So he's probably got what he wanted. He wanted to get pulled into the office and have a talking to, so he could voice his opinion. So I get where he's coming from, although I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, the other thing to you know, the other thing about that is, is why you know you got to look at it this way. You got to look at it from this point of view: is why has he taken to Instagram? Why why does he have to feel? that he's had to voice his opinions on social media and say something like that. What is the issue at the club where there's no communication? You know, cause he's obviously tried and feels like this is his, this yeah. is his last resort. Absolutely. Well and if, if I tend to, want, uh, if I, you know, I, when Maitland Niles, you know, he publicly said he wanted to play in midfield, which is fair enough. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. So he, he's tried and tested that. He went to remove to West Brom as well. 
you know, Sam Allardyce said he wasn't that great in midfield. He doesn't feel like he probably he's, he's given it a go. He's tried it, and now he feels he'd rather just play it right back or wherever he wants to play. Which I do feel right back. He could have played. He, he could be a blinder for us. He's played a few blinders. He's had a few man of the matches with Arsenal playing at right back. So by all means, you know, let him play there. But the the, the problem is I'm finding with Maitland Niles at the minute is is he's asked for a, you know he's possibly asked for a move. He, he could have got a move to Everton over the transfer window and it got blocked pretty much straight away you know if and Arteta has basically said you know I want you I want to keep you which he did last season as well you know when he you know he wouldn't let him go to Wolves so it's either you want him you want to keep him you want to bring him in you know integrate him back into the squad then put him in the squad play him if he's wanted to play that much play him if you don't want him you don't want to do anything like that you know, you don't really want him in the squad, you don't see him as a perfect fit, then, you know, why not loan him out to Everton? Why not sell him to Wolves? This is what I just don't understand with it all, with AMN. And I think I feel the same thing about Eddie Aaron as well, you know. Um, last night, yeah, last night he could have had a move, to, well, he could have had a move over to Crystal Palace. Um, you know, everything was agreed. The only thing that couldn't be agreed was personal terms. Why? What? What? makes you so good that you know if, if it was money what makes he feels like he's so good that he couldn't go to Crystal Palace and earn a shit ton of money you know you, what gives you that right you know you've never really proven yourself to be a top end striker to start demand, you know if that's the case about money for wages he's never proven himself in that sort of sense he's only had a, he had a decent loan at Leeds don't get me wrong but that was only half a season <laughs> So I just thought, and you know, and now and now we're stuck with Eddie Nketiah as well, still on the wage bill. I just don't understand what's going on, and with everything else in the dressing room and the miscommunication with everything. And I feel that's that's the only issue for me at the moment, and that's my personal. After everything that's gone on over the transfer window, that them two have really stuck out for me more than anything. You know what, um, Trev? You'll I, I I dropped you a quick message to pick up on this one before we do close, um, but Heath Heath is bang on that back in the day, they would have approached the captain and the captain would have spoken to the manager and they wouldn't have got on social media. Is that something fundamentally wrong with football, with kids? Or different lifetime, lads. Different yeah. lifetime ago, lads. Yeah. yeah, the world's... It's changed. The football world's changed, Fergus, in that. I don't think that, that Albama Yang is the right bloke to captain outside. I, you know, I think... I don't think he is the right person, but that don't that, that that's irrelevant at the moment amongst all our other problems. Although I would like to see a very a, a more aggressive leader on the field, but we do live in a different age, Fergus. These these players and even you know average squad players now are on 40, 50, 60 grand a week, and they're not getting in the first team. They're turning up to training every day, and that's all they're doing. The world the world of football has gone mad when it comes to money, you know, and they're not really. They're not really, I hate to say it, they don't appear to be bothered, a lot of them. Some of them are, some of them are, but a lot of them are not. You know, Fergus, I, I need to change the subject here because I've got something going around my head. I, I think, me and you had a brief chat about it, mate. What did you say? He does this every hey? time. I just said we're going to close and then no, he goes. Listen, Ooh. I think that this international break has come at the worst possible time for Arsenal. I hate international breaks anyway. 
But by God, we needed to get out on that field and play this weekend. Absolutely, we did. And I'm gutted about it. Gutted about it. Yeah, Ronaldo's missed a penalty as well, you know, Fergus, in that game, by the no, way. No, no, Ronaldo didn't miss a penalty. The Irish keeper saved a penalty. And oh, Ireland oh, beating, <laughs> beating Portugal 1-0. Come on, you boys in green. How I was even going to wear my Ireland shirt. Uh, it started at 8 o'clock, so what we got, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Early days. Yeah. Coming up to half time. Yes. And Portugal um, just missed a chance. Listen, I... I before we, Fergus, before you close, I promise I won't cut you off again, right? Firstly, my really good mate Terry is in the comments chatting tonight, right? Terry Greenwood. And he's one of them fans I was talking to you about. My God, he spent some, together we've been to watch the Arsenal. We've been to the far reach off places of Eastern Europe, you know. We've been freezing cold, minus 20 in Kiev or another one that I can't remember that I didn't go to. It was that cold and... Spent thousands, tens of, spent, I spent about three grand getting to Azerbaijan and back, you know, you know, so, so please, if you're out there, you guys say what you want about the Arsenal, go and join that gang on, on TV that love to deride us, but don't expect me to, to acknowledge you as an Arsenal fan in any way, shape or form. There have been people on the TV this week and the caption says Arsenal fan and they're not. They're journalists. They're not Arsenal fans, right? They're there to make money or to get clicks or to build their appearance. Yeah, they're not. They're only Arsenal fans in name, right? So, you guys can do what you want. You can say what you want, and you can put. You can lie about Arsenal, but don't come back to me next week in the football ground and expect me to be polite to you. I won't be rude to you because I'm above that. But I won't be polite to you because you're not Arsenal fans. I'm an Arsenal fan. Mike's an Arsenal fan. Men's an Arsenal fan. Fergus is an Arsenal fan. And do you know what we've done tonight, Fergus? We've been on a right downer about our great club. Rightly on a right downer about our great club. We've spoken down about some players. Rightly we've spoken down about some players. We've questioned the manager. And we're right to question the manager. But we ain't lied. We ain't been derogatory to anyone. And most of all, we've shown what we are. Arsenal fans, proper Arsenal fans. Fergus, I'm not cutting you off anymore. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> and if you, Completely if you agree wanna, with you, wanna, Trev. If you want to see myself and Trev, Andy and Mark from uh, thearsenalhistory.com, uh, they're historians and authors. Um, they helped us throughout the summer to make 10 hours of video footage of uh, the Arsenal history from 1886 to today. We've done it in... Uh, eight different segments. Uh, feel free to go and look at it on the playlist on YouTube, or you'll find it on Spotify and so on. I'll cut you off again. I'm going to cut you off again because if people out there, right, watch this history programs. Right, it's ten hours, but it's not boring. It's talking about our beloved club. But the best part about it is that Fergus obviously does some research, and every five minutes or so. Andy and Mark, who are the most, know the most about Arsenal Football Club of anyone I know, take great pleasure in pulling Fergus up and, and questioning what he said. It is absolutely hilarious. It's a small part of a big series, but it's worth watching just for that. My good friend, Fergus. <laughs> you interrupted me for that. Right. Th thank you, Mem, for joining us. Thank you, Scunny. Yeah, all right, thank Trev. You, you have been watching. 
Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. If you like what we do, you know, click in the comments uh, and click the bell on YouTube. Uh, as we said at the very outset of this, we do it for fun. We do it as a hobby. Uh, we sit here enjoying chatting Arsenal, chatting all things uh, Arsenal. Um, if you join us, we love having it. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 